<laughs> Hi. Uh, my name is Amanda, and I work here at Orchard as the student ministry worship director and audio slash gear coordinator, which is kind of a mouthful, but mostly what that means is that I get to hang out with all of you, and for that, I'm pretty grateful, so thanks, God. Tonight, we get to keep talking about prayer, which is super exciting. Uh, two weeks ago, Amber was here, and she gave us a great starting point with prayer and how to pray using an outline of the Lord's Prayer, and then last week, Jeff talked about why we pray, the kinds of prayers we pray, and quoted Jelly Roll quite a bit. Um, now, if you didn't know who Jelly Roll was, that's okay. Neither did I. Um, he looks like this. Cool tattoos, right? Um, and if you did know who Jelly Roll was, congrats. You're way cooler than me for sure. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a different way to look at prayer. And what I hope you get from tonight is that there's a lot of kindness in the invitation from God to pray. And that it's actually possible for you to pray constantly in your everyday lives. The life that you're living like right now. And that prayer is how we develop our relationships with God. So here's a little something about me. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school. And from preschool to sixth grade, I went to mass twice a week. Sunday mornings with my family and Thursday morning mass at school. Unless I woke up sick on a Sunday morning. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I had the Sunday scaries, but in a whole other way. Uh, we had religion classes daily at school, and we recited prayers like, Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts, and Hail Mary, full of grace, and probably like 50 other prayers that we were tasked with learning and memorizing just in case there was ever an emergency, and the only thing we could do was recite the perfect pre-written prayer for the moment. Now, there are a lot of really, really great things and beautiful things that I learned from Catholicism. Like, it's super normal to have faith as a part of your everyday life, even though I'm not really sure what that looks like now. And that there are people out there, like my 75-year-old retired CCD teacher, who was willing to stay an hour and a half after class ended on a Wednesday night to go up to an empty church and sit in front of the tabernacle with two 14-year-old kids who were just learning what it looked like to really talk to and have a relationship with God. So while we quite literally prayed every day, in the morning we would say, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Immediately followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and we were, pre we were prepared to say whatever prayer we needed to at exactly the right time, like the one for when you sin or the one for when you lose something. I ended up pretty confused about what prayer actually was. And I think that's maybe happened to a lot of us, regardless of our faith traditions. We grew up believing that there was a right and a wrong way to pray. That if we didn't have the exact precise words to talk to God, well then we might as well just not. Or if we didn't hold our hands the right way when we prayed, then our prayers wouldn't count. Or maybe you didn't grow up going to church and didn't know any of the right words to say, so maybe you thought you weren't qualified to pray. When in reality, I think what we're missing here is a super important part. Prayer is just communing with God. Right, right, right. I know what you might be thinking. Just communing with God. It uh, sounds a little bit like I'm trying to gaslight you into believing that it's no big deal. 
I promise that's not what I'm doing, okay? But what I hope we can do together tonight is take the pressure off a little bit. Yes, talking to God is a big deal, and we should approach the beauty and the truth of who God is with reverence and with grace. But it's also the basis of our personal relationships with God. For here's one way that we build our relationships with God and our, our relationships with a kind God who's interested in all of who we are. If we don't share our daily lives and moments with God, then how can we grow closer and become more aware of the presence of God in our lives? So here's some scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4, verse 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Now these passages come from three books of the Bible, where the Apostle Paul is giving instructions on how followers of Jesus should live. And now did you notice what he said in each one? Be constant in prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer and pray continually. He's telling them to pray constantly. Now, my initial response to those scriptures is, ooh, Paul, my guy, what do you mean by constantly? That sounds wildly hard and intense, and how do I do that? And does that mean that there's just this constant monologue in my head where I chronicle all my issues to God? Because I don't really know how I feel about that. (laughs) Here's the thing. So often we get caught up in this idea that we have to have the right words or the right time or the right place to sit down and lay it all out for God to hear. That we forget that the point of our prayer is to be in relationship with God. What God wants for us is to share our everyday mundane lives. It's like in friendships or relationships with the people in your lives, right? Typically... We don't set aside time to hang out with friends just to monologue to them about the things that are going wrong in our lives. Can you imagine having a friend like that? Quite frankly, it sounds exhausting. Yeah, we share the hard stuff, and that's important, but we also tell them the random things that happen. We tell them about the new pants we bought shopping the other day and the slightly awkward encounter we had with someone getting coffee. Or we tell them something we thought was incredibly funny and they don't think it's funny at all and then we're both wildly uncomfortable. That's not, that's never happened to me. Don't worry. (laughs) God wants this kind of relationship with us too. A real, personal relationship with us. Not just a ritual or some kind of religious check. But a personal relationship. It's so easy for us to turn our relationship into God. Mm, No, it's not. It's easy for us to (laughs) turn. It's easy for us to turn our relationship with God into homework that has a right and a wrong answer. And when we do this, we can find ourselves monologuing to God. And when we make communicating with God simply a monologue of the things going wrong in our lives, we can get frustrated and burnt out. Frustrated because we feel like all we're doing is coming up with the words to say to a God that we don't really know is listening or not. And burnt out because 99 out of 100 times, we don't hear clear, a clear response. It feels like we put in all this time and this effort and this work 
just to be left with very little in return. At least that's how I felt about prayer for a really long time. There's a book that I love a whole lot called The Way of the Heart by Henry Nouwen. And in it, he talks a lot about how to connect with God and what it means to pray always. And he describes the literal translation for the words pray always as come to rest. And this has taught me a lot about what prayer can look like. That to pray doesn't necessarily mean setting aside specific time to talk to God. It doesn't always look like having the perfect bundle of words to bring or the appropriate content to present. It looks like bringing my whole self to God and allowing them into my life. It's about becoming aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in everything I do and acknowledging that God is good and present and active in my life. When I think about praying always in this way, it takes the pressure off a little bit. I'm not always going to have the right words to say, no matter how prepared I think I am or how well they trained me in Catholic school. None of us are going to have that, right? But when we shift our focus of prayer from having all of the right words to just letting God in on our lives and becoming aware of the presence of God in the little, seemingly insignificant things that we do, that's when we pray always. That's when we come to rest. So Philippians 4, verse 6, says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now listen, I'm a wildly anxious person. So when I hear of this verse or verses like it, quite honestly, I get a little bit angry. Because, like, yeah, right, that's, that's going to fix it. That'll do the trick. That's going to make my anxiety go away. But actually what it's saying here is that when we pray always, when we come to rest in the knowledge and the promise of who God is, we experience God's peace, which surpasses understanding. When we come to rest, when we live in constant communion with God, there's a baseline of peace and rest and kindness that we can experience because we know that our lives are in the hands of a loving and gracious and good God who cares for us. And it doesn't mean that the clinical anxiety that I experience goes away. And it doesn't mean that I'm doing something wrong if it doesn't. What it does mean is in whatever hardship or challenge or anxiety or doubt or worry or whatever the thing may be, we can rest in the truth that there is a God who cares about us, who's holding us steady through it all. That when, when my mind doesn't make sense, when things up here don't add up, God is still constant. God is always constant. That's the peace we experience when we pray always. That's the peace we experience when we come to rest. I had an experience not too long ago that feels like the perfect example of what this idea of praying always has come to mean for me. So here it is. 
Winter is a tough time for me. It's cold and it's dark and a lot of times it makes me pretty sad. But on this particular day a few weeks ago, I had just left the coffee shop where I got an insane amount of work done, which felt like a miracle in itself. And the sun was shining and it was warm. Well, warm in a, we just had a week where it was like three degrees every day, so now 42 kind of feels like summer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, my friend and I had just gotten chocolate orange peels from Stom. And if you've never had chocolate orange peels, you need to immediately go to Stom as soon as you can, probably tomorrow if they're open, and um, get them because they will make you happy. So we were just walking up and down Main Street, just because it was nice out, and there was this particular moment where the sun came out from behind a cloud, and I felt it on my face, and I thought, wow, it's not that bad here. <laughs> now, it's not like before this moment, I'd been having this big conversation with God about being unhappy here or feeling like I just needed something to change in my life to make it better or to make me realize that I didn't have it that bad. Quite honestly, I'd been so preoccupied with everything else that I had going on that I don't even think I brought this feeling up with God at all. But in that moment, God, who already knew what I needed, without me asking for it verbally, provided an answer through prayer. And in that moment, when I looked around at how grateful I was for the sunshine and for the chocolate, and for one of my best friends, and I said, wow, it was good. It was an acknowledgement, and it was letting God into a little moment of gratitude that I felt. Prayer can literally be anything. It could be watering your plants, or if you're like me, thinking about watering your plants. I probably should do that when I get home. It could be doing your homework or singing a song or eating chocolate orange peels or playing the piano or going to the bathroom or sitting down and having a conversation with someone. Or it could be sitting down and having a conversation with God. So I've got a little bit of a practical tip. And I did not come up with this tip on my own, uh, but I wish I did. Um, there's another author who I love named Anne Lamott. And a quick side note I'm obsessed with books and also authors, and so if you are too, we should, we should talk, because that would be fun for me, for sure, and maybe you too, I don't know, probably. Anyway, Anne Lamott has this book called Help, Thanks, Wow, and in it she says, there are three essential prayers in life, and you guessed it, they're help, and they're thanks, and they're wow. What this book has done for me and what I hope this trick can do for you too is to give you some trigger words or feelings that basically everything in life can be boiled down to. So when you're feeling like help is necessary or when you're feeling gratitude for whatever little or big thing that's happened or when there's nothing else to say, wow, you can take a second to acknowledge God, however briefly. And the more you make this slight adjustment, the more constantly you'll learn to pray. The more you'll learn to come to rest. So we're going to spend some more time worshiping together. Um, but before we move on, I would just invite you um, to take a few moments to let God in. Whether that means filling God in on some things that have happened lately, or if it means taking a second 
to breathe and to say, hey, or thanks, or wow. Or if that means going back to the back and um, getting prayer from the prayer team, Liz is on prayer team tonight, and Regan and Carter, feel free to do that. Um, But yeah, I would just invite you in these next few moments to just become more aware of God and to just let God in a little bit. We're going to take a few seconds to do that now. 